The still point of the circle Round whom all creation turns Nothing lost but hell forever In God's gracious songs Draw the circle wide Draw it wider still Let this be our song No one stands Standing side by side, draw the circle wide. Let our hearts touch far horizons, so encompass great and small. Let our love know no borders, faithful to God's call. Good morning. Good morning. 
Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I feel like we could do a little better than that. The sun has been shining for two days, people. Good morning. Good morning. There we go. And there was no sass on that at all, right? No sass. Um, I would like to take a moment and invite Lynn to come forward. She has an announcement to share. There she is. this one on? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Laurel, our church administrator, has placed boxed church envelopes at the church entrance at the front here. For those who regularly contribute on the collection plate, Please use a numbered church envelope for your contributions. Uh, these envelopes are not dated. They're, they just have a number on. And if you need a new box, just sign the paper downstairs with your name if you take a new box of envelopes. And if you would like to switch to monthly pre-authorized remittance, or PAR, please complete one of these enrollment forms and they are available at the door at the back, or at the front entrance. And drop in and see Laurel in the office, and she will help you get this easy contribution remittance set up for you. It's pretty easy. Name, address, such like, and avoid check. And it does help. Using PAR helps our church treasurer know exactly what income is coming in each month and helps with the budget for the year. Also, it is encouraged, encouraged to consider upping our monthly contributions as we enter into a new year and we prayfully ask you to consider this. And lastly, we encourage everyone to wear their name tags to help Pastor Jen get to know our names and our faces. If you want to swap them out for somebody else's, go ahead. <laughs> if you do not have a name tag, please sign the sheet at the table at the back of the church and we can have one made up for you. Please continue to wear your name tags for coffee hour there is a small white paper bag on the bulletin board outside the CE Hall where you can place your name tag when you leave and it will be put back into the holders at the back of the sanctuary. And if you forget and wear it home, just remember to wear it back the next week. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, just a quick <coughs> announcement that didn't make it in. I was inadvertently overlooked, but uh, Beth has uh, another book group called 4D, and on Wednesday, January 25th at 7 o'clock, Cameron Wright will be joining to discuss The Rent Collector. So, side note, I just got this book yesterday. Oh my lanta, it's amazing. I haven't been able to put it down. I have like 10 pages left, so the sermon might be a little short this morning. <laughs> Um, so if, if you're interested in joining that, so Wednesday, January 25th at 7 o'clock, just contact Beth and she will, she'll get you hooked up. 
Are there any other announcements? Oh, yes, young lady. Pastor Jen. Um, you've been an absolute wonderful leader for our community, and we just have a small token to say thank you um, from behalf of all of us. It's just a little something. Thank you, Doug, and thank you for holding the space and encouraging those around to tap into their spiritual gifts and have the courage to do so. And just so you know, Doug, the pulpit is always available for you at any time. So as we gather here this morning, we recognize that we are on the traditional territory of the Odawa, Mississauga, and the Anishinaabewaki First Nations and the Métis people and that we are all people of Treaty 45 and a half. May we continue to work to be in right relations with our indigenous neighbors and speak up and speak out against systemic racism and colonialism. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called children of God. We meet in the name of the baptized Christ and share his peace. Let us extend a sign of Christ's peace to one another. Peace be with you. And as the chair of worship comes forward this morning to light the Christ candle, this is the day when light is important, light of new insight, 
light to overcome shadows and despair, light of hope, light of promise, light of renewal. May this candle and the light it produces be a symbol and sign of all these things. May it be so. Amen. I would invite you to stand as you're able and join in the call to worship, and then we will go right into our opening hymn. So please stand. Let us go up to the house of God. Are you sure? What makes this the house of God? And yet, don't we believe that God is a God of all places, all times? We do. Then wherever we are, gathered here, gathered away, let us worship God in all of God's houses. Hallelujah.
join your hearts with mine in prayer. Let us pray. God of hope, God of light, God of renewal, God who is the beginning and the end, you promise us that there is more to life than we perceive. Help us not to be anxious about our present situation, but rather to trust in your plan for us so that we may live faithfully and lovingly, spreading our hope and light to all we meet, knowing we are renewed in baptism. We ask this all in the name of your son, Jesus, who taught us these words to say together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever.
you, Beth. That was beautiful. Uh-oh, she's getting closer. Oh, sure. Uh, sure, yeah. Go ahead. Go get them. We could sing the Jeopardy song together while we're waiting for them to come. Or we could just practice what it is that I'm going to get you to do. So this is where the teacher in me really shines in this section. So I will apologize ahead of time if you feel like you're in a classroom occasionally, but it'll be a fun classroom, I promise. Always with something to learn though. So what I like to do is I like to do a check-in with everyone. And it's just simply a thumbs up if things are good, thumbs to the side if things are okay, and a thumbs down if they're not so great. So let's practice, and then we'll get the children to join us. How are you doing today? Excellent. All right. Children, come sit. Welcome. You can sit right here. I don't bite. That's okay, no problem. So how are you both this morning? Fine. Excellent, good. So I just asked a question to the congregation. I asked how they were. And I said that I usually do it just by thumbs up, you're good. To the side, you're okay. Down, eh, not such a great day. So how are you doing today? All right, let's turn around and see how they're doing today. All right, so you got a little mixture, all right, okay. Now you gotta think a little a little longer span of time now. How was your week this week? You can use two thumbs if you need to kind of, yeah, excellent, good, wonderful. So today we are talking about the baptism of Jesus. And you were just talking about that? Huh, well, feel you can get up and share a little story about it if you'd like. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, it's okay. <laughs> Oh, but totally noted for another time. Well done. All right, so baptism of Jesus. If I was somebody who had no idea what baptism was, how would you explain baptism to me? Um, people put water on you. People put water on you? It's kind of like swimming. Okay. You're swimming with just your head. Swimming with just your head, it, can, it has water, and it can be a baby, or it could be an adult, or a youth, because I think the that's what you said. Kind of cold. Water can be kind of cold, yep, for sure. Now, are you familiar with your five senses? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, there's more than five. There's one extra five. Well, like the five main <laughs> senses. Yes. All right. So, can you name them for me? Okay. So I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes. And I want you to picture some type of water, whether it's water in a glass, water in a shower, bath, water out in nature, just some type of water. So closing your eyes and just picturing that for a moment. And what we're going to do is you're going to keep your eyes closed, you're going to keep that picture of water in your mind, and we're gonna use our senses to help describe water. So, we're gonna use our sense of sight. And I'm gonna encourage anybody to call out if you would like. So what is it that you 
C, about water. Bubbling rock. Calm. Calm. Waves. Yep. It's really clear. Yep. Anything else? People see the water? Blue. Ruffle. Okay. Moving. Moving, yep. Wet. Wet, yep. Silence. All right. Now I want you to shift from seeing. Keep your eyes closed. And now you're going to use your nose. And what does water smell like? Nothing. Salty. Mm -hmm. Nothing salty beach. If you have to hold it, like chlorine. Yeah, chlorine. Yeah. Anyone else? What does water smell like? Fresh. Fresh moss, I heard. Maybe if you're out of lake, like in the nature, in nature it would smell like trees or like pine. Could smell like trees or pine, yeah. Any final thoughts on what water smells like? Fish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so we've got sight, we've got smell. Now we're going to shift. We're going to shift to taste. So I want you to think for a moment, picturing whatever water image you have. And I want you to think about what does water taste like. And when you're ready, you can call it out. Salty. So <laughs> if you're washing your hands, salty. Salty soap. Life. Pure. Life, pure. Refreshing. I love how we've got like answers that are like life, pure, and we're up here like soap. <laughs> it's okay, there's no wrong answer. Any other thoughts, final thoughts on how water tastes? Like fish. Fish? You hope not? <laughs> All right, so now we're going to shift from taste to sound. What does water sound like? Waves. Mm -hmm. Rough. Waves. Rough. Whooshing. Yeah. Bubbling. Peace. Peace. Music. Music. Fish jumping. Fish jumping. Splashing. Splashing. No or not. Any other final thoughts? Nice, peaceful. All right. Last one. We're going to move into touch. Now I want you to just take a little bit more time on touch. So you're going to picture whatever water picture you have in your mind. And I want you to actually see if you can envision yourselves touching the water, whether it's with your hands, with your body, with your feet, your toes, with your face, however it is, I want you to just take a moment, think about it, see if you can feel it, and then I'll invite you to share what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Sinking, cold, floating. Floating. If you're underwater, you feel like you're flying. Free. Free. All right, now before you open your eyes, I'm gonna ask you to, we're gonna take two big deep breaths in, keep that water picture, and when you breathe in, I'd like you to scrunch your shoulders up to your ears, and when you breathe out, I want you to drop them down and let it go. So let's breathe in and scrunch. Breathe out, let it go. One more time, in and scrunch. 
and out, let it go. And please open your eyes when you're ready. So that is a way that you can experience anything in life. Um, when you're maybe if you're worried about something or if you need to if your mind's kind of going around like crazy and you have all these thoughts running through your head that's a way to kind of help ground yourself by looking at things through the senses but looking at water through the senses today might help us have a deeper understanding of the baptism of Jesus and maybe will make us think about it a little bit differently okay so how I like to end my children's time is I like to do a repeat after me prayer. So, and that includes all y'all. Repeat after me. So I'd like you to take your left hand and your right hand, and you're gonna clap them together. Okay, let us pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for the glorious sunshine today. Thank you for water. How we use it that we have it at our fingertips, that we are blessed to drink fresh water, and it is used in our covenant with you through the sacrament of baptism. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us and walking with us each and every day. In your name we pray. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you can head back out if you would like. Thank you for joining us in all your wisdom. All right, Jerry, you are on. Let's hear what you got to say today about Minute for Mission. Each Sunday we have provided a minute for mission with uh, one of the projects that the uh, Mission and Service Fund uh, funds. So um, they are basically just snapshots of, of the many projects that are covered by the, uh, the Mission and Service Fund. So today I want to give you more of the, uh, the big picture behind all that. <clears throat> now the most recent information I have is from 2021 and they're still, I'm sure, compiling last year's. So the total for that year of uh, mission and service donations amounted to $25,686,000, I should say. <laughs> so 25 million, over 25 million, made up from <clears throat> donations by congregations like ourselves, the emergency givings that are collected, um, basically if there's a, uh, like a, earthquake in Haiti or the, uh, the Ukrainian funds that we did this year, those kinds of things. Um, wills and life insurance bequests and support from the UCW. So it's, uh, it's good to see that there are UCWs still going. And for the first time in a decade, the congregational givings increased that year in 2021. So that's good. Um, the fund itself supports 79 global partners 
uh, made up of churches, Christian councils, ecumenical groups, and um, relief agencies in 21 countries around the world. The money goes to su uh, support uh, food uh, donations, uh, water, clean water, as we just talked about, health, education, human rights initiatives that affect people in all their daily lives. There is um, certainly a great need in the uh, world today. Um, as of around uh, 2015, I take this information from the Canadian Food Grain Bank, um, hunger, people suffering from hunger, the, the numbers in, decreased to under 500 million. In the last five years, because of war and wars, drought, flooding, uh, because of climate change um, and uh, the COVID uh, pandemic that we've been undergoing in the last three years, uh, that number has increased back again to over 800 million people. So there is a huge need in the world today. In Canada, the fund supports 58 community ministries. These include 31 chaplaincies uh, in campuses and in hospitals, 20 ecumenical and social movement organizations, seven theological colleges, and three educational centers. The fund also supports youth and young adult projects, uh, church camps, and UCW gatherings. Also, the healing and Recon reconciliation funds that support right relations with indigenous peoples as well. <clears throat> and as well, the, um, it supports uh, struggling small congregations and churches in remote areas. In addition, since the uh, pandemic started, it has raised $525,000 for emergency gifts to support MS partners to deliver general protective equipment distribute food, install sanitation stations, and support education programs to help prevent and control the spread of COVID virus. Plus another 294,000 went towards vaccinating almost 10,000 people who were in great need of vaccinations. So this is um, a, a very quick overview of, of what the whole uh, fund does. And uh, we will continue, of course, uh, to uh, bring you up to date on each of the projects that, they, that are funded um, um, each, of our, uh, each Sunday. So um, this past year has been a, a very good year. And uh, I want to thank you on behalf of the Social Action Committee for your generosity. It has been really great. And I'll just close with this stewardship second, which you have uh, on your uh, uh, information sheet there. In Jesus you are loved and made holy, enriched in many ways, not lacking in any spiritual gift, ready and willing to share generos generously, called by God as disciples of Jesus. Thank you again. Amen. The scripture reading, Matthew 3, 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? 
But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, my Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. May these words from Scripture be woven into the tapestry of our hearts. Amen. So our message today is H2O. What does that stand for? Not only are they a good-looking crew, but they're smart, very good, water. Now, what does the H stand for in water, in the H2O? Hydrogen. Hydrogen. Excellent. What does the two represent? Oxygen. No. Oh, two. Two parts. Two parts of hydrogen. And what's the O? Oxygen. All right. So if you had to explain this to somebody, that this represented water, what is water comprised of? Two parts of hydrogen, one part of oxygen. That's the extent of my science, because we broke up in grade 12, because science and I, eh, it's not so good. So water is made up of different parts, and today we heard about water being used in the baptism of Jesus. But before we get into talking a bit about that and a bit about water in our world today, I thought I would start off with three super amazing water jokes. You ready? <laughs> Brace yourself. First one is interactive. Knock, knock. Water. What are you waiting for? Open the door. All right, number two. How do you make holy water? How? Make sure to boil the hell out of it. <laughs> I'll be here all week. <laughs> and the last groaner, I mean joke for this morning. A little interaction between a grandchild and a grandparent. Grandchild. There's trouble with the car. It has water in the carburetor. Grandparent. Water in the carburetor? That's ridiculous. Grandchild. I tell you, the car has water in the carburetor. Grandparent, you don't even know what a carburetor is. I'll check it out. Where's the car? Grandchild, in the pool. <laughs> so as I mentioned, we are talking about baptism of Jesus and we're focusing a bit on water. So I would like to invite you to take a moment and just think about water. I know we experienced it through our five senses this morning, our five main senses, but I just want you to think about water. Maybe what are some facts that you know about water? And just for a moment, I want you to reflect on the ways in which water is a part of your day-to-day -day life. What are some of the practical ways that you use water? So I'm gonna give you a few seconds to think about it, and then I'm gonna invite you to chat with the person next to you, around you, and you're gonna share that information. So we're going to think about it. And chat. Go ahead. How's water a part of your life? What are some practical ways you use it? 
for a river, even if it's rolling and moving, it just seems to like calm. Yes, yeah. Just even to go to like shower, for example, cleans us physically, but biblically, what does water do? It would be yeah. Yeah. So it's water. Multi. Yes, it gets rid of the icky stuff. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right, I'll give you about 10 seconds to wrap up your conversation. This one was a little quieter, not as much boisterous energy, a little more, man, Pastor Jen just made us think, what is happening right now? So I'm just curious if anybody would feel comfortable sharing, what does water represent for you symbolically? There's no wrong answer. Life. Life? Freedom. Freedom? Cleansing. Cleansing, renewal, baptism, anything else? That's pretty good, pretty good. So we're going to shift our conversation to talking about the symbolism of water, and in particular, in the Hebrew and Christian texts. So images of water are a part of the Hebrew and Christian texts, so part of the Bible. Genesis 7, which is the story of Noah's Ark, provides us a glimpse of water as both deliverance and destruction. Because God makes it rain 40 days, 40 nights, clears everything, covers everything. Noah has everybody come on to the ark, two at a time. And then what comes to show that everything is okay? A dove, a dove and a rainbow. Yep. So there was, there was the destruction, but then when we see the rainbow and the dove, we know that there's the deliverance as well. Water is also the means of deliverance of the Israelites from their captors in Exodus. Anybody watch the good old Ten Commandments movie? When you see it, what was it Jello? I think they used or something to like show separated the water and so that um, the Israelites could come through and then it came down on their captors. Isaiah 35 and Amos 5, chapter 24, depict God's justice in water imagery. John 4 provides a story of living water and the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus is found teaching and traveling along water. He utilizes it for healing, and he uses the image of water as a teaching tool, just to highlight a few images of water that are used in the Bible. In our scripture passage today, we heard about John the baptizer. I'm just going to take you back to just before Christmas. Remember that baby that leapt in Elizabeth's womb when Mary came to visit her cousin Elizabeth to tell her about the miracle growing inside of her? That was John the Baptist. Who is down? So John the Baptizer was down by the River Jordan. Here's a fun fact. The Jordan River is 251 kilometers long, or 156 miles, and is a river in the Middle East that flows roughly north to south through the Sea of Galilee and on to the Dead Sea. 
The river holds major significance in Judaism and Christianity. According to the Bible, the Israelites crossed it into the Promised Land, and Jesus, was, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth was baptized by John the Baptist in it. So we have John down at the Jordan River, and then we have Jesus traveling from Galilee. So I did some research. It would have taken Jesus approximately, and this is just kind of putting the pieces together, eight to eight and a half hours of walking to get from Galilee down to the Jordan River where John the Baptist was. So Jesus comes down to the Jordan River to meet John there, and we're just gonna pause our story there just for a moment. Is there anyone else in here that questioned why John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus? I did. I was like thinking about it, not this time around, but I've taught this scripture passage once before and thinking like, why does John the Baptist have to baptize Jesus? Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is perfect. Why is a human baptizing Jesus? Hmm. Well, lucky for you, did some, did a little research on that. So as I mentioned, Jesus is the Son of God, fully human, fully divine, the perfect lamb, not a single blemish, has never sinned, so why would he need to be baptized? Well, I want you to just lend me your ears for a moment, and I'm going to share with you what the United Church of Canada's definition, if you will, of baptism is, and then maybe it'll help us understand why Jesus is getting baptized. Baptism is a symbolic action that signifies the new life God gives us as we join the church community. Baptism uses water as a symbolic cleansing that signifies the acceptance of new life within the church family. The sacrament of baptism is a single rite of initiation into the Christian community, the church. So based on that description and what we know about Jesus and the purpose of his ministry, why do you think he would need to be baptized? Any thoughts? Symbolism. Symbolism, yeah. God, God sent Jesus to the earth as a human. Yeah. God sent Jesus to the earth, yep. Yeah. Becomes one of us. Becomes one of us, yep. Yeah. Excellent. So if we look back at John the Baptist for a moment, it is clear that he feels unworthy to perform this baptism and says something to the effect of, um, something to the effect to Jesus in verse 14. He says, like, you should be the one baptizing me. I shouldn't be the one baptizing you. You are without sin. You are righteous. I am not. So Jesus submitted himself to baptism, despite the fact that he was sinless, according to most traditions, he was embodying a behavior he would later command his followers to do as they took up his cross to follow him. So Jesus was a teacher, and he was modeling what it was like to be in covenant with God, to be baptized into God's family. Through the revelatory events of this text, the opening of the heavens, the descent of the dove, and the affirmation of Jesus and his coming ministry, we see that this is no ordinary baptism. This baptism is different. In it, we get a clear sense of who Jesus is as God acknowledges Jesus from the heavens as my son. It is a profoundly important moment as Jesus is about to encounter the testing in the wilderness 
and the beginning of his public ministry. In the waters of baptism, we are infused with the Spirit to do God's will. By the Spirit, those who are baptized are infused with the possibilities of a new beginning to follow Jesus and do God's will. We hear the affirmation of Jesus and witness the preparatory act of completing the task before him. Oh, and we also hear God who says to anyone being baptized, I love you, you are mine, and I am pleased with you. Such powerful affirmations to receive from our creator. At this time, I'm going to invite you to stand as you're able, and we are going to renew, well, not renew, we're going to remember the vows that we made I mean, if you're an infant, you maybe don't remember, but our baptismal vows in honor of the baptism of Jesus. So please stand. So long promise, long hope for, God's chosen one comes to the Jordan River to be baptized. Jesus seeks solidarity with those on the riverbank. Do you recognize the significance of this baptism? We come to the riverbank with heavy hearts and our burdens are lifted. We come to the riverbank with questions and doubts and our fears are faced. We come to the riverbank unsure. You will rejoice as you renew your vows of baptism. We will rejoice and thanks be God. Amen. Following a star. Following God's love. Following a call, a nudge, a quest. For our lives. Help us, O oh God, in the decisions we make every day. In the pegs of the values that we decide to hang our life on that we may reflect your love and fairness in our lives and in our world. In the presence of the new year, and in remembrance of Jesus' baptism in our world, I pledge to follow the teaching of Jesus in my life, to wrestle with the meanings of the stories in the Bible, and to try to live out each day in my conversations with my family, the people I meet at work, the stranger ahead of me in the checkout line at the grocery store, and in the quiet conversations I have with myself each day. I realize that I cannot do this on my own, that I am dependent on God's love and grace in my life, and it is only by ingesting God's love for me that I am able to love the other whom I meet in my day-to-day -day life. Help me also to learn what it means to be a God's voice for right relations among all those that I share this world The birds of the air, the fish of the seas. The grass, the animals, and the soil from which all life came. And all the peoples of the earth. Those close to me now. And those far away. As Jesus was baptized, he gave me to 
knowing that he had God's work to do. John the baptizer sensed his greatness. The moment of baptism for Jesus was the recognition that he was chosen. Chosen to teach, chosen to serve faithfully, chosen to be in the community, chosen to create a disciple family, chosen to advance justice and equality, chosen for his time, chosen for our time. Jesus is God's chosen one. Reflecting on Jesus' call and commissioning to his vocation, we are called to recall our own vocation and to work out how that calling will be lived out at home, at school, in our work situation, and in our social groups. Let's have a moment of prayer, of time of prayer. Bless us, loving God. We have a calling to respond to, and we are ready. Amen. Please be seated. So before we sing our hymn, uh, just a little heads up that you're going to have a couple of people come around, and one from on high, I think. Yes, no? Yeah. Uh, and you will be misted as a reminder, not soaked, just misted, as a reminder of your baptism, as a reminder of the gift of water that we have in our lives, as a reminder that Jesus is the living water, and just a reminder of whose we are. So as you are singing, you will be misted gently, and I hope that it helps you to remember whose you are, that you are the beloved of God, and God loves you no matter what. I was there to hear your boarding cry.
difficult to give joy, to give in joy when we are surrounded by so much talk of shortages and cutbacks. And yet Jesus teaches us and reassures us that even a cold cup of water is precious in God's sight. We give then as we are able, freely and joyfully, trusting in God's abundant love. This morning's offering will now be received. we do not always give joyfully, free from fear or judgment. Forgive us when we let our desires constrain our compassion or allow closed-mindedness to limit our outreach. Rescue us from greed and envy and open our hearts to grow in gratitude for all you provide in our lives. Help us to recognize the need in this world and notice where our gifts can make a difference. By the power of your almighty love, Transform our offering that it might bring healing and hope, a loving embrace for all your children. And all God's people said, Please be seated. Let us pray. Baptismal God, your grace springs forth creation song. In the beginning, your spirit moved over the water's surface. During the flood, water carried Noah's family to safety and creation was reborn. On water, Moses floated down the river to bring your people home. Through water, the Israelites were led and the Egyptians were defeated. From water, Jesus made wine at the wedding party. Over water, Jesus walked and calmed the chaotic tempest. Throughout scripture, water is bent to your will and used to prove your power over creation. We remember how your son, our savior, walked to the river to meet your prophet, John, how he was baptized with all of them and all of us, how the heavens opened up and the spirit descended and your happiness was showered upon all who were there. 
We give you thanks that you find happiness in us. For why else would you send your son to save us? We give you thanks that your son was baptized for, with us, that through him our baptisms seal our place within your fold. Gracious God, surely you know that there are still many within your fold that cry out for the fulfillment of baptismal promises, for those who feel grief and sadness, for those who did not go home for Christmas, for those shivering on a cold winter's night, for those who, like you, were born into poverty, for those who seek employment, for those who have lost employment, for those dealing with chronic pain. Remind us, God, with whom we are baptized, that our baptism seal us to go out and serve those who need your grace. Help us to remember that our baptisms are sufficient for our calling. Help us to remember that our baptisms are not merely a Kodak moment, a Hallmark card memory of nostalgia and cuteness, but that each baptism is the beginning of faith's formation, a journey that both begins and ends with death and resurrection. Keep us strong, keep us faithful, lead us beside still waters, that we might abide with you and you in us. This we pray in your holy and good name, and all God's people said, Amen. Please stand as you're able and join in the closing hymn, I Feel the Winds of God.
by the love and teaching of Jesus Christ. May you notice what the Spirit is saying in your life. May you attend to the love of Jesus given for you. And may you approach each day open to God. Grace to you and peace from the one who is and who was and who is to come. And all God's people said, Let us go.
Grief. We'll leap and dance. 